You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are, post-virtual Dragon Con. <laughs> and, and and back to smoking. Yeah. And uh, what better way to celebrate, you know, uh, the year 2020 than with a cigar called Double Digit. <laughs> Hopefully it sucks less than the year 2020. <laughs> I'm really concerned for the people that, you know, it it can't get much worse. It's like, don't put that in the universe, because yeah. it absolutely can. Yeah, because I quit talking about murder, murder hornets, so we're going to have something else fucked up happen. I mean, we had the twin hurricanes and everything else. But yeah, you know, we we haven't reviewed a lot of, I guess you call budget cigars, because uh, most of the ones are not from companies we've ever heard of or liked, other than the uh, the... Punch Knuckle Dusters was was a good budget friendly cigar. What the fuck is a Knuckle Duster? The Knuckle Duster, you know the freaking brass knuckle punch we smoked. Knuckle Buster? Yeah, that's it. Knuckle Duster, Knuckle Buster, same thing. I got, I got some dust on my knuckle. Let me get that. <laughs> Gotta brush those off. Uh, Haven't used them in a while. Go and dust your shoulder off. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> And we were just talking about you didn't know rap songs. Yeah. No, I just didn't know who the hell Kid Cudi was. Because <laughs> we're old. <laughs> Why are we talking about Kid Cudi? Because he's in the new Bill and Ted's Face the Music that we'll be talking about here shortly. But right now we're talking about the La Polina Double Digit. A 6x60 Gordo that uses Ecuadorian wrapper over a mixture of Dominican, Nicaraguan, and undisclosed fillers. I'd be but- really curious to see what the undisclosed is. Because, you know, at a cigar factory, you get a lot of leftover ingredients. And it's probably <laughs> just like, add this pile of random shit here, just mix it with this other shit, and we'll call it a filler. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't know what this is. But uh. I gotta say, though, I mean, I think a lot of folks that listen to us hear us say the word budget, and they're, oh, they're talking about another $10, $12 cigar. I mean... We found the cigar on special for five bucks, but it retails at like six ninety nine. Yeah, it's like the MSRP. So this is like kind of like we said with the 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 punch uh, knuckle buster was you know geared toward a a given people that don't want to spend a whole lot a decent product. So you're not having to buy a fucking Trader Trader Joe's or whatever those two dollar <laughs> two dollar sticks are. I believe what you're looking for is Trader Jack. <laughs> yeah, Trader Joe's is that freaking. Uh... <laughs> Uh, grocery store. <laughs> Not to be confused with Trader Vic's, <laughs> which is the restaurant in Atlanta. How many, how many traders are there? Well, there was... Do all those stores, like, meet up to trade with one another? <laughs> Maybe. But so far, as I mean, it's, it's not bad for the, yeah. You know, when you, when you see a price point you know like what? that, you're kind the, of like, the, eh, Realistically... If you just stripped off the label and handed this to somebody that liked a Ecuadorian uh, wrapper, um, and it definitely has the Nicaraguan flavor to it, you know, so 
I mean, I'm actually getting a surprisingly good amount of flavor. A little bit of black pepper. I mean, the, realistically, if you didn't tell me this was a $5 stick, I, I mean, I've seen people spring for worse for a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it's got a decent amount of strength so far, and I, I mean, mean, with these... Construction-wise... I mean, there's a couple of veins, but nothing off-putting. Nice, uh, even burn so far. I mean, and it's a fucking 660. So, And they come in boxes of 50, so if you really need to pack your humidor, I mean, this is a good way to, a cheap way to, to fill her up. Uh, but this week, we're, we're also talking about uh, something coming back from the past. We're talking about Bill and Ted's Face the Music. And if you have to face the music, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code SignarNerds for 20% off your order. Get you enough energy to travel through time and start a band. You could blame it on a circumstance or blame it on your youth. You could lie about your history. Inside you know the truth The world outside is waiting And if you time it right You end up right back where you started Under the same old stars tonight All your life you're searching on But you are right where you belong Welcome back. Time to fire up your phone booths and make a long-distance phone call <laughs> through time and space. So, isn't Bill a Ted? Is it still a TARDIS? <laughs> uh, that was always the kind of the joke that was like, it just kind of looks like a TARDIS. It was funny as shit with like, um, watching it with my wife when the when the first person shows up from the future and she's like, what the fuck? It's not a phone booth. The time machine looks like a fucking egg. <laughs> and then like, you know, later on they got the legit phone booth. Like, all right. I'm cool with this now. The phone booth is back, but <laughs> the bubble gum still hasn't deteriorated. The antenna is still a go. Yeah. So, uh, directed by Dean Pedersot, starring John Wick and <laughs> Alex Winter. I mean, Keanu Reeves. They're back. Yeah, I and I mean, I guess before we get into anything. Sp- Spoilery or anything else, just general synopsis because uh, it's not like everybody could have made it out to the theater to see this. Although some theaters are showing it, uh, vast majority of folks are streaming it. So for the theatric price of nineteen ninety nine to rent, or just go ahead and buy it for twenty four. Or buy it for twenty four. Yeah. Um, Good for folks to jump on the bandwagon and, uh, you know, support the cause, or should they wait until it's included in their streaming services? Well, let's, uh, you know, before we even get into it, you know, what do you think is, because, I mean, if if it's something I'm like, all right, I need to see it for the podcast, I'm probably never going to watch this again, 
1999 or you're like this was awesome i want to keep this and watch it again yeah is it worth the extra five bucks so unfortunately that's at a price point that only makes sense the problem is it's digital media and for me with digital media out of sight out of mind um (laughs) forget you have it and well, that or, oh, I need this other thing for the hard drive space, so what's the first to go? Eh, stuff that I don't watch so often because I'm used to the streaming services and it being in the cloud. Also, so, I'm wondering if it's just like, because I, I, mean, I, I rented it because I just didn't want to spend the extra five five dollars on an unknown <laughs> unknown property at the, you know, but... Dude, it's fucking John Wick, okay? Is it His just, dog died. Yeah, I mean, is it just like... When you go back to that website, is this now unlocked? You don't have to pay it, or do you have to actually physically download it when well, you purchase well, it? So I um I did it through YouTube. It's just there in my library. I go <laughs> to see all of my purchase items, and everything that I've purchased is there in the cloud in a digital library. The like I said, the problem with it is it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, so unless a by the time you actually think about it, and be like. Man, I want to watch Face the Music again. You'd be like, oh, fuck, it's, it's on Netflix. You know, it's like, I don't even remember that I bought it at this point. Uh, it's one of those things where... Uh, if, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I bought actual physical media, but it's like, I kind of miss having a thing that sits on the shelf that I'd be like, hey, look, I have that thing. I mean, it's <laughs> almost a library, right? Yeah. It used to show some sort of sophistication, or it was a... It's it like a I've talking never, piece. Yeah, I've never gone the Kindle route because I like having physical books that I can like put on a shelf and be like, I read that thing. <laughs> it's kind of like leveling up. Like, look at all the books I have. But well, yeah, it's like now that everything's gone digital, it's like I think I, it's easier to justify. Hey, I've spent money on a thing I can actually touch and fill more yeah. so than hey, if I, my computer crashes. I spent money on an invisible thing that. <laughs> You know, it, my, my hard drive dies or that service that I bought this through goes out of business in, you know, a few years. It's like, you know, with a physical media, you you still have the thing. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, to each their own, I suppose. But um, definitely recommend folks, uh, you know. I, I, mean, I will say more, that... You might as well just buy it. <laughs> and, and after watching the film, if you're fans of Bill and Ted... I definitely think it's worth adding to the library. Yeah, especially going back and you know, kind of... I mean, we already did a Bill and Ted... Uh, I think we did a Bill and Ted episode like when this was originally announced that they were going to do this. And like rewatching that recently before watching this, it's like, movies hold up. I mean, they're still such good... And you're like, it's like, man, I haven't watched this forever. Is this still good? Yeah, it's still, it's still freaking enjoyable. And... You kind of worry about you know some some franchises be like hey we're gonna go back and try to try to recapture the magic thirty years later and you're like ah, this was not good this was just kind of pandering to uh, fanboys and girls but this was it was good it had a good storyline it was it, it was well made I mean I think and it stayed true to the source yeah because that was the thing you know when they started talking about doing face the music. Uh, these guys have gotten a lot older now. <laughs> How are they going to pull this off? Is it going to be their kids and blah, blah, blah? And it was like, oh, well, you still had the all-familiar bantering between, you know, Bill and Ted. But then 
yeah, you know, they've progressed. They've got kids. They've kind of got responsibility, sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you kind of worry, too, about, like, you know, those characters when they were in their 20s being dumbasses were, like, you know, when they start hitting their for- late 40s, and you're like, are they still going to be as entertaining being dumbasses? And yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Because they're dumbasses, but they got real-world adult problems that we can relate to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and your teenage kids are going to appreciate the film because it's like, hey, that's the shit my dumbass parents are acting like. (laughs) It all makes sense. Yeah, because if you... And it's got some, you know, random rapper that we know that our parents have no fucking clue who it is. Yeah. Yeah, I had to Google Kid Cudi after this because I've heard the name, but I've never listened to a single song of his. And I liked him in the movie. He's he's makes an interesting character. <laughs> well, I think for I think it, it was very well done because they made it a very sophisticated character. And it's like yes, he's like knows about time travel and and astrophysics and all this. And he starts saying shit that everyone else is like, "Bro, what are you uh, station man?" <laughs> you know. It's like, I mean, he just keeps dropping science, and it's like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, since when was Kid, did Kid Cudi become Tony Stark? Yeah, I don't know, but it worked, and I'm glad that it worked, because it would have been kind of boring to see, like, yo, man, we about to go eat, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you mumbling? Yeah, at least it wasn't a mumble rapper <laughs> that we couldn't understand. Uh or we could have gotten, like, you know, Post Malone or something. <laughs> that would have been interesting as well. God. Have Post Malone and Ozzy makes an appearance, and it's like, wow, that Post Malone song, that Ozzy guy is going to be famous. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, if you will recall where we last seen Bill and Ted was at the end of Bogus Journey, where they play the the battle of the bands and got kind of worldwide recognition and you know supposedly got famous but as we know they are destined to write the song that unites all of humanity and and issues forth the the peaceful future but basically after their first like you know breakout huge album they kind of became a one-hit wonder and just fizzled out and now they're 40s with like kids and wives that are like y'all need to grow up and quit this band shit and uh like you know get real jobs because this whole trying to write the perfect song well, shit ain't working out for you i mean i think though i mean you know the, the the princesses everybody will remember the princesses you'll know them when you see them um <laughs> but i don't think it was so much more because i mean they had houses they had cars they weren't like living in mom and dad's basement or anything <laughs> But even um, but, like their dad is like, at least your wives have real jobs. So it's yeah. like the princesses are having to support their, but their at, musician asses. At, at the same time, I think it was more of a um, an emotional thing because, I mean, it would be like you and I and be like, Rachel, Joan, I love you. Instead <laughs> of me telling her I love her, it's... Everything yeah, is, they, is, is. They a, try to go to couples counseling and they show up at the same time. They're like, what? What's the problem? Like, this is how we. It's like they're like, you know, they've, they've grown up, but they've not, like, kind of become adults on their own. They're still like Bill and Ted. <laughs> and they think that's how life has to be. <laughs> Bill and Ted and the princesses. Yeah. 
It's like they've not really moved on. But then it's also kind of cool that you know, does knowing your future affect your choices? Where it's like, we know we have to write the perfect song, and that's friggin' too much pressure for someone to live up to. So it's like, they're like, you know, every song we write might be the perfect song, and it just puts so much pressure on them that they come up with like weird throat singing and theremin music that, <laughs> that, uh, uh, sounds weird as shit. I mean, they were trying to make dubstep, dude. And I do like that they they continued the joke of Bill and Ted's stepmom Missy still being a slut. Like she, first movie, she was married to uh, to Bill's dad. Second movie, she had divorced Bill Dad's, married Ted's dad, and now the movie starts with them performing at the wedding of Ted's little brother, who is now marrying Missy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like oh, that's that's kind of cool. It's still. <laughs> it's like weird ass running joke that is still still running. Hi, Missy. I mean, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and now I'm my own uncle, and Dad's his own grandpa or something. Like that. <laughs> Some damn uncle brother bullshit. Uh, does this Bill and Ted face the Alabama or? <laughs> oh, but yeah, that. Uh, we wrote this song for their love, and uh, this may be the perfect song. We don't know, but here it, is. <laughs> it gets it gets weird as shit. Yeah, I I can understand how they go from you know their breakthrough arena rock song to hey the last gig you played. Do realize you had seven people there. <laughs> and they were there for whatever the, you know, fucking food giveaway was. Yeah, whatever a Taco Tuesday is. <laughs> uh, and if they don't know what Taco Tuesday is in the future, I don't want to go. Fuck that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, they needed a Mo Monday, a Taco Tuesday, Witch Witch Wednesday. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of getting to the point where... Even Ted's like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm, I, someone offered me like six grand for the Les Paul. I'm thinking about taking it. And they're like, you know, thinking it's like, yeah, it's time for us to do. Cause they, you know, they, you know, get kind of thrown out of the couple's counseling <laughs> and yes, you know, so they're, they're, they're almost at that point of like, you know, maybe, maybe this is all bullshit and we're not going to make it. And then of course, someone from the future shows up, but since we don't have Rufus, we they've brought us Rufus's daughter. Uh, Kelly is the new, the new Rufus. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, they want to talk to you in the future. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, fuck, we're getting called to the principal's office. But I, I did like that when they went to the future, because they got, like, the the weird egg time travel machine. They get to, like, the, there's the original time machine there with a hologram of George Carlin, you know, kind of introducing people to the, you know, Bill and Ted Museum or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we we got, at least we got, like, Carlin in here and some small capacity and he's like yeah i mean it was really cool to see them go back and pay homage to the roots and even the name of uh rufus's daughter kelly like it was that was kind of an homage to carlin's actual daughter kelly yeah so they uh they, they kind of included that in as well but yeah they they face the uh the council and they're like all right you know y'all were supposed to write the great song but you haven't done it and if you don't do it by seven o'clock tonight all of reality will collapse. And like, 
And there have been showing like people getting sucked out of time and winding up in, in random other times. They're like, here's every instrument you need. Y'all are not leaving the future until you write that song. <laughs> and I, I like one of the, the little flashes of people out of time was Jesus was at the crossing of the Delaware. And like, there's George Washington's boat and Jesus is walking across the river next to the boat. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny when I'm pretty sure it's George Washington gets zapped into the uh, counselor's office and she's like, Nope, not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they show back up and it's like, like, you know, yeah, you know, the future. Yeah, you know, the find the the prince is like, yes, we're from the 1400s. She's like, mean, it's like 14. You're like, you're like, it's like, I think we should start seeing each other like every day. Y'all are crazy because they start talking about time travel, and then she turns around. And George Washington's like appears in her office. And she's like, nope, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> I've been doing this too long. Everyone else is crazy. Now I'm crazy too. <laughs> but then you, and yeah, we get. You know, Bill and Ted's, uh, which is funny because they, you know, in the end of Bogus Journey, you see the babies, little Bill and little Ted, which turn out to be girls. And they even make that joke. Hey, remember when you used to call us little Bill and little, little Ted? That was fun. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, they plugged that plot hole right there. (laughs) Yeah, but Samara weaving as Theodora, Thea Preston, and... Bridget Lundy Payne is Wilhelmina Billy Logan, <laughs> which they did a good job of playing. They, they were almost like, you know, young Bill and Ted, especially, especially the girl playing, uh, uh, Billy, like uh, freaking, she had like the eighties Keanu hair. I mean, she was oh, like yeah, doing abs- a, a perfect Keanu Reeves, uh, version of, uh, <laughs> Ted and Precious dude whoa yeah man dude <laughs> it was like, <laughs> totally I mean it was like it was freaking spot on no I, it was it was very beautifully done I thought it was just gonna be a passing of the torch yeah that was kind of my worry too that it was gonna be alright they're the ones that's going to be running the show but we but- kind of got equal footing yeah, and and that was the thing is, as important as Bill and Ted were, like they did a very good job of making you actually care about you know the, you know the kids, and then bringing everything full circle. Yeah, and when everyone else was starting to doubt them, even them doubting the sel- themselves, the kids were like, "Nah, bro, y'all are gonna do this. Y'all, y'all fucking rock." <laughs> I mean, they had that kind of blind confidence that Bill and Ted themselves had back when this journey first started. Uh, so yeah, they, Bill and Ted's big plan is they're going to, it's like, well, we can't write this song, but we know we write it eventually. So let's jack a time machine. Just go to the future when we have written it and take it from ourselves. <laughs> well, at the wait, same time, isn't that stealing? Not from ourselves, dude. <laughs> But at the same time, the girls are like, well, we got to help our dads. Uh, We know they're going to write the perfect song. They need an awesome band to perform it. So let's take Kelly's time machine and we'll go try to put like the ultimate super band together. So when my dads get back with the music, 
they have the ultimate musicians to help them make it real. So we got like each of them had their kind of like the kids journey was almost like original Bill and Ted's uh, excellent adventure. It was very similar. We're, we're going to go through and kidnap a bunch of people from history <laughs> to save the future. Whereas, you know, Bill and Ted are traveling through history, meeting themselves. more and more fucked up versions of themselves as if they like, if y'all don't do this, you know, y'all are going <laughs> to, this is what's going to happen. And I like even when the, like you, you mentioned a little bit when they, uh, they meet the counselor, like, yes, 20 years ago, y'all played the Grand Canyon. 20 days ago, y'all played like a Ramada N with seven people that were just there for the tacos. <laughs> y'all have not lived up to your destiny. You know why? They did not have a pick of destiny. Like, I'm thinking, like, in the world of Bill and Ted... Like, especially for this film. It's like, I'm, I'm really disappointed there wasn't a Jack Black appearance somewhere. <laughs> I mean, we did get a Dave Grohl. <laughs> I mean, we did get Dave Grohl. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, knock that. He was in but, the pick of destiny. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, Jack Black just there. And it's like, no, this is not the greatest song in the world. This is just a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> oh... That that should have been the song they played for him. Well, <laughs> especially once they got to hell. Like, you know, whip crack with a swampy tail. <laughs> and the beast was done. But yeah, the re-emerging of uh, other characters. I mean, we got to see our friend Death. <laughs> see what he's been up to. Looks like he's kind of been down on himself. Took a little bit of a demotion. Yeah, he's like, you know, he has a pretty awesome apartment in hell, though. I mean, they're like glass walls... Had a nice view of the pit of fire. <laughs> and he's playing games against himself and cheating. He's <laughs> like, whoa, he's kind of gotten pathetic. I mean, dude, 40-minute bass solos. Nobody gives a fuck about the bass player. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing this movie did not have, I wanted a station uh, appearance. <laughs> We never got to see the, the station he, he, or Robot Bill and Ted. <laughs> no, but I mean, we did get our time traveling Terminator, aka Dennis, who looked like a reject from. Uh, I am Dennis McLeary or whatever the fuck <laughs> McCoy. Yeah, Dennis McCoy, Dennis Caleb McCoy. Uh, yeah, but he, he looked like a Dragon Ball Z character. Because <laughs> when they... I mean, you know what he almost reminded me of. What? Cyberman. He did have a nice, you know, blaster arm. <laughs> and he's, he's like the worst Terminator. But, but he's like a fucking Cyberman with the skills of a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> he keep, uh, yeah, because yeah, the future people decide. Well, there was an alternative prophecy that Bill and Ted playing the song is not what saves the you know ushers in the new era is like their death is what and ushers in the new area so we're gonna send back uh dennis to find them and kill them when they sneak off and don't write the song <laughs> so when the first time he shows up and tries to kill them they like warp out just in time and they end up he ends up shooting their ted's dad and blows up the swat van and he's just like oh no i fucked up <laughs> I did a very bad thing. And then he fucks up again. Yeah, then later on when the girls like... <clears throat> and we'll get into them making the band here in a bit, but... 
show back up with their epic band. They're like, cool, let's go in the garage and practice till our dads get here. So, and the doors open and Dennis is standing there and it's like blows away the, the kids and earth's greatest musicians. And it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> Fuck. It's like, just keeps getting worse for Dennis. I mean, dude, I mean, think about this. John Wick is born out of fucking getting his dog killed. This fucking robot goes off and kills his daughter. And Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. And when he finally, like, you know, tracks them down, he's like, I'm sorry. I, I, I screwed something up. I, I, I may have killed your families. My bad. <laughs> well, where are they? Uh, hell. <laughs> Damn it, dude. All right, you gotta kill us so we can go get the kids. Uh, I can't do that. You have the song now, so like my purpose is over. Fine, fuck it. We'll break the song. Kill us. No, I, I can't even do that right. Fuck it. I'm gonna kill myself. And they're like, I have to jump on him to, to uh, <laughs> get transported. <laughs> and, and I do like. Well, <laughs> let's take a step back to the different versions of Bill and Ted through history as they start trying to go a little bit, little bit, little bit forward to, to find the song. So they first like, oh, we should. Another two years will be good. So they jump to like two years, and they're playing uh, a freaking open mic night in a, like a <laughs> some hotel somewhere, <laughs> and like fucking Ted's got a goatee, and, <laughs> and like and like future future Ted's like a complete dick to like fuck you guys, man. Y'all two are losers, and you made our wives leave us, and, and y'all just went back in time and tried to fix it and made it way worse. They're like screw you guys. <laughs> But yeah, they look like weird, like washed up rockers. They're like, like yeah, those guys were dicks. Let's go a little farther. Let's go to like five years ahead. And now they're like, oh, it's like, there's... damn it, Ted. In the future, you're a dick. <laughs> Complete dickwad, Ted. <laughs> well, Bill keeps liking himself. But yeah, they jump a little farther, and it's uh, they're like, oh, see, totally, we're living in a mansion. We made it. And they go in there, and they're like, oh, fucking like, dude looks like uh. I mean, uh, they look straight like hippies. I mean, he had that like long hair and shit. He kind of looked like Nikki Six, <laughs> or not Nikki Six, uh, the other freaking uh, Motley Crue guy. <laughs> and they're all talking. Yeah, Ted kind of looked like uh, a freaking um, oh shit, uh, Tommy Lee. <laughs> now that I think about it. Oh shit, they kind of look like 80s Motley Crue. <laughs> and they're talking like in, in you know, fucking uh, English accents. Like, why are y'all English all of a sudden? Oh, we went and, sp- when we got famous again, we went and spent a lot of time in England and it just, it just kind of stuck. <laughs> they said, but we've brought you the perfect song. So like, now they're like, all right, when we come by and try this again, we'll give them a good song that we stole from somebody else. They'll go back and play that, and then we can be famous instead of fucking Dave Grohl. <laughs> and, like, they listen to it, like, start crying. Like, this is the perfect song. And then they go to leave, and it's like, Dave Grohl's like, the fuck y'all doing in my house? <laughs> and then you see him, it's like, fucking Bill's gone bald, and Ted's gotten fat, because he just keeps drinking. <laughs> he, like, turned into a total alcoholic after his wife left. That's totally us, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're bald, I'm fat. <laughs> I've gone back to my Amish roots. <laughs> Jebediah. It's Bradadiah. <laughs> oh. 
But yeah, so then they're like, all right, fuck that. Let's go a little farther in, into the future. Well, now Bill and Ted are in jail for uh, <laughs> freaking taking the rap for for uh, breaking into Dave Girl's house and apparently killing the police chief because the robot nuked everybody. <laughs> and now they're like super swole. <laughs> yeah, seeing a uh, prison... Uh... Prison Break, um, Bill and Ted was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're like super ripped and they're doing some kind of like Viking death metal sounding shit, just like banging on uh, on weights. Like, yeah, we're glad you showed up. We got a song. And they're like, dude, that's that's totally not a song. Fuck you. That's a song, man. It's the best thing we've ever written. <laughs> and they're like, uh, it's a little dark, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's prison. You don't really have a lot of options. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, I got a razor blade guitar pick from the fence. It's rusted out. And, uh... Yeah, they've, they've turned into total, like, metal. You know, like, oh, like, fucking death metal. Uh, like, no, now we're gonna kick your ass, take your time machine, and go back and become famous with our... And then the robot shows up, and they're like, dude, if he kills them, he kills us, so we're gonna have to save them. So the fucking buff Bill and Ted start kicking the shit out of the robot. And like the robot starts talking shit. They're like kicking the hell and he's like, oh, this is totally non-triumphant. And they're like, they, they stop him for a while. They, they start walking. He's like, that wasn't a song. He's like, fuck you, that was a song. They start kicking the shit out of him again. <laughs> I was like, I was just like the robot talking shit as he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. That was good times. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Them seeing old Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, because they're like the Kelly gave uh, gave them a cool pocket watch from Rufus, you know, saying, "Hey, this will keep tell you what time." Because the same plot point from the first movie that yeah, even though we're time traveling, don't forget to wind your watch. Time is still proceeding forward where we came from, so we got to make it back by seven o'clock or we're fucked. So they, she gives them a pot, and it says like sometimes the story doesn't make sense until the end. Which, that's kind of true. And this one, she's like, dude, we just go to the end. We go all the way to the end. And, like, we'll have to have written it by then. And they find them in a old folks' home together. <laughs> old as shit. <laughs> it's like, now we have something to give you. And, like, gives them a, like, thumb drive that says, like, MP, MP46, Preston Logan. And like, it is the ultimate song. And they play a little bit of it. And it's like, who's that on guitar? That's you, Ted. Awesome. <laughs> and then the robot shows up and they're like, have to go to hell to save the kids. <laughs> Adventures in hell. I guess if you go to hell, it helps to have a SWAT van. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, was, I was surprised. I was like, what? We got the SWAT van in hell? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, what is that? A hell beam? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, and they, like, when, with you know, they blow up, the, the robot blows himself up and he's like, they're like, dude, how'd a robot go to hell? That's, kind of weird <laughs> it's like they're saying the same thing the audience are saying they're like just don't worry about it just go with it it's you know <laughs> we know it's fucked up just go with it it's, it'll be cool we promise <laughs> that sounds like a trap <laughs> and after that the robot's like yeah now that he's kind of completed his mission he's like hey guys can I, I got nothing to do now can i just kind of go with you guys sorry i killed y'all and killed your kids and all but my name's dennis <laughs> it's like the terminator's name dennis the fuck <laughs> Uh, maybe that's how the robot ended up in hell is Dennis has a soul. 
Yeah, he's he's not actually a robot. He's a cyborg. They just freaking you know stuff some machinery. I mean, because uh, you know Rufus's daughter makes the comment of. You named the fucking robot after my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, what if she just, like, freaking... <laughs> it was her ex-boyfriend. That's that's how I solved that plot hole. <laughs> Good enough. Moving on. Yay! <laughs> but then you got the girls... <laughs> the girls' story where they uh, decide to go build the ultimate band. And, of course, the first person they go to get is... Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> And I like that they like record him on a phone. He's like, "Oh shit, we're we're here, Jimi Hendrix." And they go, like, "Hey, we want you to join the Ultimate Band." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, girls, like, go away. Like, I gotta I gotta go do some blow." <laughs> and they're like, "Fuck!" Like, uh, of course he's not gonna believe two people he don't know. Maybe we should go get something he he does know to convince him. So they go back to the twenties and get a young Louis Armstrong. <laughs> but it's. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like, all right, well, we're going back to 1920s to get a dude that is should be in his like 60s. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when they come back, and Jimmy Hendrix like, he's like, we got Louis Armstrong, and he's like, she's like, dude, he's like 70 now. Like, that's not Louis Armstrong. It's like I told you we should have went and got old Louis Armstrong. <laughs> but I like how kind of I guess uh, greatness recognizes greatness. So he doesn't believe the whole time travel thing and all that so far. And he doesn't believe that this young man is the Louis Armstrong until he pulls out his horn and like, you know, starts playing. And he's like, oh shit, that's, that's Louis Armstrong. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I think, I think he's here. It's something he liked. <laughs> and it kind of goes that through history from there. It's just kind of like a bunch of quick jumps where then they go to, to get uh, Mozart, and Mozart's playing a concert, and Jimi Hendrix just plugs a freaking guitar into the into the time machine and starts playing along with Mozart. And Mozart, you know, hears that guitar rift outside. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> or with a German accent. <laughs> so then he starts playing back, and then he kind of gets her getting like a back and forth where you know it just kind of blends together so well. He finally has to come outside. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" And he's like, "What's up, ma'am? Jimmy, how you doing, Wolfie? Come get in the time machine." And then they go get a bunch of people I've never heard of. They go to, like, ancient Japan and get some master flutist. And then go to, like, prehistory. Dude, that was Jethro Tull. <laughs> okay, it was not. But still. And then they go to to prehistory and get some uh, cavewoman who's, like, the greatest drummer of all time. Because, as we all know, the first instrument was not the skin flute. It was the drums. Beating on hollow logs and stuff and dinosaur heads, I guess. But you can like has a whole like set made out of <laughs> bones and hides. I was like, that's a pretty badass looking drum set you got there. I mean, I almost feel like the first, like realistically, like if we could go back in time, what would be the first? <laughs> I think something vocal, but then a clapping of the hands, or you know, the hitting of hands on something. That would be the most rudimentary without, you know, actually getting into needing an instrument of some kind. You got some, like, ancient, like, uh, you know, uh, caveman or something. He whacks one dude and the guy screams one way. He whacks another dude. That guy screams another way. He's like, hmm. And he starts beating people and making a song out of different people's, like, screams. Ah! Ah! <laughs> ah! 
That's <laughs> how music was born. Na 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 na. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You're a musician. You ever try to play a theremin? Because that looks weird. You just kind of wave your hands and make noise. Nah. Can't say that I have. Like, try to play a lot of things. A lot of things were not meant for me to play. <laughs> Get you a theremin like, so you can, uh, you can try I'm, it. I'm a musician, but I'm not a maestro. Or a prodigy. <laughs> or maybe I am, and I haven't fulfilled my destiny yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. If I see a random phone booth, I'll know to step inside and see where it takes me. <laughs> Joe, we're going on a trip! Where are we going? Going on an adventure! I don't know where we're going. That'll be fun. I don't know what to do about the watches, though, because they don't wind anymore. <laughs> Reminds me, I need a battery from other watch. <laughs> and your watch battery's dead. Fuck! This one works. My other one's dead. Uh, but yeah, we go... Uh, you know, the, the, when they come back to the the present, that's when they meet Kid Cudi, who got sucked out of... Because like, now, like everything's getting progressively worse, and... and Reality is falling apart, and people are just getting teleported all over the place. The Kid Cudi shows up and says, "Hey, this sounds like some kind of weird. Uh, is this a uh, classic? Watch McCallit uh, paradox or something? <laughs> Whoa, Kid Cudi knows like yeah, science, <laughs> theoretical yes, physics, science, theoretically. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so now they all meet up in hell, and they're like, Dads, we brought the uh, you know." The ultimate band through hist- uh, made of historical uh, figures and Kid Cudi. I guess he's not a historical figure. He's like, I think I am a historical fi- figure now. <laughs> I want to be in the band. <laughs> Although, and like, some of the nicest demons too that I've I've ever seen. <laughs> like, hey, demons! Uh, have you seen like two girls? Oh yeah, super nice girls. They went that way. <laughs> y'all, y'all raised some good kids. <laughs> It's the most helpful demons ever. <laughs> I mean, I guess at some point demons get tired of you know being the stereotypical demon. Like, do you do you get so tired of being like, ah, fuck, I'm I'm running out of torment, so <laughs> let me do something completely different. Let me be helpful. <laughs> demons just get a bad rap. <laughs> I mean, why you gotta stereotype demons? Have you ever met a demon? Maybe. Well. Don't know. He was kind of a dick. He might have been a demon, or he might have just been, just been a dick. <laughs> we got so Don Vito up there hanging on the wall. I mean, did you meet a demon or a dick? <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, freaking Ice T's, uh, uh, Demon Dick, that song. <laughs> from. <laughs> uh... And suddenly we have devolved. <laughs> I mean, Tangent. <laughs> Bill and Ted is relatively clean, and how do we manage to uh, all of a sudden make make it R-rated? That's because what that's what we do. <laughs> oh yeah, we make anything sound worse than it is. <laughs> but yeah, when they go to hell, they gotta they gotta yo. Know, they're like, well, the only way out of here, we gotta convince our our former bass player to rejoin the band, and like, and it's funny because they have that argument too, and it's like, you know, it's like. Every argument you've heard from freaking eighties bands that have broken up, like, like, 
yeah, like, y'all sued me. It's like, you tried to take the name of the band, dude. He's <laughs> like, I was Wild Stallion. People came to see me. Like, nobody cares about your 40-minute bass solos. <laughs> it's very important for any prospecting folks um, playing in bands. Keep keep the bass player's ego in check. Make sure that the <laughs> bass player understands that at the end of the day, he's, he's getting mastered out of the mix. Nobody's going to know that you had a fucking bass player in your band. <laughs> unless you're the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, unless you're Flea, everyone else can fuck off. <laughs> and even then, he's not getting 40-minute bass solos. No. Uh, that's why he runs around naked half the time, just to get so, attention. Just gotta say. Keep keep that bass player in check. <laughs> oh. Tell him to go get some burgers and, you know, snacks and whatnot and... When he comes back, the album will be done. <laughs> You're saying the bass player is like the Meg of uh, <laughs> the band? Shut up, Meg. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, like they're like the, the girls, like Dad, let us handle this. And they go in there, and you're like you know, they're like you know, rock expert. And like, dude, you that last album you did was awesome. And like, he's like, everyone said it was a chaotic mess. Well. Yeah, it kind of was, but parts of it were awesome. The outro in this song was great, and like the bridge of this other song was freaking excellent. <laughs> it's like he's like, you just need the band, dude, and the band needs you. But like, he's like, he's got the cool like apartment. He's got like all like this Wild Stallions memorabilia on the wall from like yeah, from the heyday. <laughs> and even in like the 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 whatever fake newspaper headlines and bogus journey, it even said that like yo. Know, Band broke up, death goes solo, death rejoins the band. So I'm like, you know, they, you know, it, the, the things were on point. Yeah. Seem to have uh, misplaced my torch somewhere. <laughs> no can fire. Yeah. You're a caveman, that shit, man. I'm out of sticks. Got to rub some sticks together, strike some rocks. We get out a freaking uh, Tesla coil or something. Science, man. I mean, hell, I've seen somebody light a cigar off a off a machine gun barrel when it got hot. <laughs> you got to improvise, man. Okay, find me a machine gun, and we'll get to that. I can't. Ammo's too expensive for that right now. <laughs> It cost you a hundred bucks to light your cigar. Uh, dude, you just said the rail had to be hot. I can lay it on the top of the car. Sun will heat it up. Oh, dude, I did that in hell the other day. I was like fucking... Did you fry an egg? <laughs> Nearly. I like got back to my car and I went to lean on the hood to like put my shoes on and burnt my fucking hand. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's hot. Somebody cooking pork rinds? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that's my hand. No wonder my hand's peeling. I probably like burnt the tip of my thumb off nearly. Oh... Sounds like a sad story. You should definitely <laughs> yeah. get over it. Yep. So they make it back to the present and about ten minutes to spare, and they still haven't wrote the ultimate song. They're like, but they've got the broken thumb drive, and they finally realize, like, wait a minute, this says Preston Logan. The girls are also Preston Logan. Maybe and I call it from the beginning. I'm like, I'm like, I, there's gonna be a mistake. It wasn't Bill and Ted that wrote the ultimate song. It's gonna be their kids that wrote the ultimate song. And it's like, y'all are not here to back us up. We're here to back you up. 
<laughs> and as yeah, and they turn out that they're trying to figure out where the MP40 is or 46. They figure out it's it's a mile marker because when they teleport back, they're on a freaking freeway and decide to like you know all right let's luckily there's a guitar center van here that we can jack and we'll build a stage on this uh on the back of this semi as reality is falling apart and the girls are you know while they're not musicians themselves they're like like dad we don't know how to make music we just know how to like take what we like and like mix it together he's like well that's what you do you find shit you like and just mix it together you know and basically they're like oh we can be producers which is like (laughs) kind of the modern equivalent of like starting you got like how many famous DJs are there now? Like, you know, back in the day, like... Like seven. Yeah, it's like, you know... But that's, like, kind of like for modern kids. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a band. I want to be, like, freaking uh, Steve Aoki or one of I don't have the raw sh- talent, so let me take all this talented shit and try to mix it together <laughs> yeah, in some something... electronic f- form. And... Yeah, that's, like, that's the new modern music. <laughs> and that's what they do. They, like, take, you know... First, like, all right, everybody play something, and it just turns into garbage. You're like, no, no, wait a minute. All right... Death, give me hold the on, baseline. Hold on, I just this is light bulb moment. It's why people stop listening to modern music when they reach a certain age. At some point, it's all a fucking reboot. Pretty much, I like, drop. I think we even talked about that study, and it's not the older I get, the more it's like, oh, this is true. I don't listen listen to anything made past like you know the late nineties. <laughs> There's occasionally something cool will slip through, but yeah, it's like if I listen to music, I'm listening to shit from like eighties and nineties. When, like, I was young and, you know, music was good. <laughs> yeah, and every once in a while something shit cool shows up, like some Ice Nine Kills or some, you know. We did, I did go back and Google Kid, who Kid Cudi was after the movie was over and listen to some of his music just to, <laughs> just to see who he is. I'm like... Congratulations, you're now hip. Yeah. What I said to was, like, I don't know if this movie really had, like, the epic soundtrack that the first two had. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of like small jam sessions, but there really wasn't any recognizable licensed music throughout the thing that I can even recall. But I, in a way, I think that was kind of by design though. Like it definitely didn't have that. I mean, how I mean, they made the it for fuck 25 are you going million? to top God gave us rock and roll? Yeah, I mean, the epic... That was the thing, too, when they... And they made it for $25 because $20 million of it was to get Connor Reeves back. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't have money to license anything. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like... That was kind of the, the thing uh, in this. And, you know, they, they're like, all right, how how even if we make the song, how do we reunite people? All right, let's use the phone booth to go through infinity of dimensions and time and give everyone instruments so everyone can play along with us and we all play the same song together. So even Jesus is rocking a cowbell because you know you need more cowbell. <laughs> but, you know, and they get back, you know, and the girls have kind of put together the mix of all the, all they're like, all right, you know, Death, play that bass line from this song. You know, Mozart, give us a, give us a little something here. You know, Jimmy, do your thing. You know, and kind of did that producer role and, and mixed it all together so they, the boys can just show up and, like, jam some epic uh, guitar licks and make the ultimate song. But yeah, the ultimate song had no lyrics. It was just music. And that was like one thing I was like, you know, where's like the, the hook that gets stuck in your head? Cause like I said, I've had fucking God gave rock and roll to you stuck in my head for a fucking week now. Cause that's a catchy ass song at the end of Pogus journey. And it was like, there's no lyrics in the ultimate song. Well, then again, I guess that makes it universal. You can pay it through time and space. Does language doesn't matter. Music is a universal language. Like I can't speak German, but 
we both know what guitar sounds like or, you know, piano or whatever, you know, it's like, all right, now that I think about it and said it out loud, I'm like, all right, kind of makes sense. Music is a universal language, but I'm still like, I kind of want something to sing along to, bro. Give me some lyrics to this ultimate song. Maybe that was it. Maybe the ultimate song is the lyrics from your heart. And it's left to each individual's interpretation (laughs) and how it speaks to them. God gave rock and roll to you. <laughs> I love if you go look that video up on uh, on YouTube and look in the comment section. People are like, man, Kiss sounds a whole lot like Wild Stallion. <laughs> Where are they now? What's, what's Kiss doing these days? Are they drinking? Are they... I don't know. I haven't seen... Uh... Cause weren't they? Wasn't there a reality show there for a long time? Gene Simmons had like had like a family reality show for a while, and then I think he was on like The Apprentice and shit. Hell, he may even took it over for Trump whenever he left. You know, it's like that dude's just like a businessman now. You never, you don't really see them playing, but he's always Gene Simmons doing some kind of fucking. I got another <laughs> tongue extension, guys. <laughs> I can lick my own butthole now. <laughs> I mean, guess comes in handy when you got a TP shortage. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, young, uh, young Ted is played by our Thea is, uh, played by, uh, Samantha Weaving. So Samaro Weaving, uh, you may know from a little movie we've talked about called the babysitter. <laughs> Her playing like a weird stoner, stoner, uh, version of Bill and Ted with, I was like, I was like, man, that girl's face looks familiar. Like, I don't. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's the freaking. Ba-. I had to, like look it up. I'm like, oh yeah, that chick's that's the babysitter. Like, did not recognize her at all. <laughs> like, where did I know that girl from? Wasn't she starting up her babysitting business again? Did I yeah, see I think, something about that? I think it actually comes out. Uh, it oh, doesn't. May. It doesn't come out. Actually, it may have came out Friday, <laughs> Thursday or Friday. I haven't looked on the Netflix. I've been watching a uh, freaking uh, uh, Cobra Kai. So, but theoretically, uh, sometime this month, uh, I think there's a new the new version of the baby or the sequel to the Babysitter supposed to be popping up. So, do you think the fact that because this originally was supposed to be theatrical, and I've not really heard anything kind of accurate on, I mean, it's only really made two million in the box office, but I don't know if that's counting the online sales and rentals, if that's included in that, uh, that thing. So do you think this thing would have made more money or been bigger if we'd have gotten the full theatrical release that they had wanted to? Cause this was supposed to come out like midsummer originally. Yeah, absolutely. Cause a lot of folks our age would have been like, Oh, let's experience Bill and Ted. I think there was enough of the trailers to be like, Hey, they're bringing, some young freshness. So the thing with Bill and Ted is in a way it's sort of stoner comedy, but it's clean comedy. (laughs) Um, so I think given a family environment, a lot of more, a lot more families would have been, you know, apt to see this in theaters. Um, I mean, I'll say if, if not for the podcast, I don't know that I would have sprung, you know, the 20 bucks. And that's not anything against, uh, you know, films or anything. 
But it's like there's uh, so much other content out there that I can get that's already included that I'm already behind on most of the shit that I care about anyway. I, you know. Well, right now it's saying it is, uh, I don't have any exact numbers yet, but they're saying it is uh, either first or second place on every video on demand platform, including Amazon, Prime, Vudu, iTunes, Fandango, and Google Play. So... But I mean, it, at it the same sounds time, like it's like, making money. What is it really competing with? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that there's anything that was planned. Yeah, I'm not sure that has such name recognition. The, uh, yeah, because and especially like I, I think too, like this film would have been really good, just kind of given the political climate. Because that was the thing about Bill and Ted is it was a way to bring peace and harmony and you know like it never strayed away from its roots on just be excellent to each other and party on dude and party on dude and also there is a uh soundtrack to the movie if you uh if you want to which has if you want to listen to the full three minute and 54 version of the wild stallion song that which binds us through time the chemical physical and biological nature of love and exploration of the meaning of meaning part one is on the soundtrack, <laughs> which is the weird theremin throat singing song from the start of the film. <laughs> uh, oh. It doesn't look like it has like the ultimate song from the, uh, but yeah, if you want that weird ass song, but I mean, uh, that may be great for folks. Oh yeah. Into... Face the music. Yeah. The, the ultimate song is on here. Wild stallions featuring animals as leaders, Christian Scott, Atunde at, yeah, whoever the, the actual real band was behind I mean, the animals as leaders is actually a pretty decent band. So kind of like a uh, kiss set in for wild stallion in the end of the last movie, there was a, a real band that <laughs> played the, the ultimate song from the, from the end. And hell it's a four minute, 29 minute or four minute and 29 second song. So maybe the hell, maybe there's lyrics in the uh, full soundtrack version. <laughs> You'll have to download it to find out. I don't know, but well, hmm. That too, and the the thing that kind of got me in this, you know, I mean, the whole thing got me in the nostalgia. But when the movie first started off, because Orion Pictures has not existed in a long time, and I think they kind of yeah, when you see that logo, pop brought up. it back, you know, recently. I think I think they re re. Rebrought it back in like 2017, I saw. But they didn't update it. It was still kind of grainy, too. It looked like the original Orion intro from back in the day. And it's like, oh shit, this is. It, <laughs> it's it probably and Ted. was. <laughs> or actually, you know what it probably was? It was a high def image, but it was probably designed with the grainy for... filter, like net. Like well, no, things. <laughs> it was probably designed for older TVs. And not the widescreen, you know, modern LCD. So it's like, oh, that would look crisp on a square box, but on high def <laughs> widescreen, uh, it gets all a little bit distorted and pixelated. <laughs> so overall, what's your uh, your opinion on our, our our complete journey here, and how does it stack up to the originals? Um, I think. Bill and Ted is one of the few series that, as it goes on. 
I enjoy the films. I don't feel like, you know, oftentimes when you get multiple sequels, it's, oh, this franchise was successful, so we're just going to do this thing regardless of if it sucks or not for a money grab. And I think that with Bill and Ted, quality, the heart, and the, the Yeah, message, I got the sense like, that they really cared about this project. It wasn't just something like, hey, let's grab... Because obviously Keanu doesn't need money. <laughs> so it's like, it didn't seem like a Dude, a, there's a, a pandemic. Grab. Everybody needs money right now. <laughs> uh, Who do you think's buying all the guns? I lost them all in a boating accident. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like it is. It could have been a let's just do nostalgia shit for nostalgia's sake and make a carbon copy of the first movies. But no, it was a kind of new original story, and it had heart. And at this time, where everything is all doom and gloom, it was a fun movie. <laughs> Which is kind yes. of exactly what we need right now. Absolutely. I, I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I think if theaters were open, it would have been, you know, hugely successful. Obviously, based on the information you read, even without theatrics, it's still very successful. Um, I mean, it's not competing against a lot, but the places that theaters were open and it was in, from people that I've heard that actually went and saw it said the theaters were packed i think it was it was the number two or number three film that weekend of what you know little things that has been coming out but yeah and it seems it's right now it's doing pretty well on if it's like number one number two on on all the video on demand stuff i mean it's hopefully it'll uh, do you think this is done done or do you think they try to I don't see it needing a sequel. Like I think they wrapped it up good enough, unless they do something. The only way with that the girls I, having a spinoff film. The but, only way that I think this gets a sequel is if it's truly a passing of the torch, and Bill and Ted are hanging up their hats. Like yeah. if it picked up somewhere where you see, you know, Bill and Ted at the nursing home with the daughters <laughs> or something like. Because, I mean, both of these guys are getting aged out of this role. Um, and I I don't know, you know. Yeah, I think, I, they, I think, I think they did a good job of wrapping up Bill and Ted's story. I mean, there, there was what? But we could spin off with the kids. How many years between Bogus Journey and Face the Music? Uh... Nearly twin. I think uh, Bogus Journey was ninety one. If I'm, if I'm uh, correct. So yeah, nearly twenty years. Yeah, ninety one. So nineteen years. Yeah. I mean, nineteen years. Kiana's <laughs> fucking nursing home age, like. <laughs> I, 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 I think... By the time they make another one, they won't have to use the old age makeup. They'll just yeah. be old. <laughs> um, but I do like our post credit scene. They cut back to them in the old folks' home. They're like, Hey, Ted, are you dead yet? Nah, Bill. Are you dead yet? No. I think there's one more thing we have to do. 
and then you you think like, oh, this is gonna be a teaser for like you know some some other adventure, and no, and they get out of bed, plug in their guitars, and just fucking rock a solo. Like, we still got it, <laughs> but now I'm old. I gotta sit down. I'm out of breath. <laughs> yeah, I I. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think if there's a sequel after this, unless you truly pass the torch, it's just a cash grab, and I don't think that it's going to have the, the feeling that this did. Yeah, I'll stop my head. I can't was, think of a story that, would, that they could, you know, put in there. But yeah, the, the, a spinoff with the girls, maybe a cameo by Bill and Ted... I, like uh, yeah, but I think they've done a real good job of wrapping up Bill and Ted's main story. Uh, or we get a death solo film. <laughs> so as we wrap up this, uh, what do you think of this here double digit? The double digit is good. Um, I, I've honestly got no complaints. It's better than twenty twenty. And I mean, I, I I won't say that this would be a go to favorite of mine. But by no means would I be offended or would I decline if somebody offered me one. And if somebody just, hey, I need a inexpensive way to stock my humidor with cigars that aren't 15, 20 bucks a piece that I don't mind sharing. Dude, I think that's a killer deal. Yeah, and with these two, it's like, I find these, like I said, the... The knuckle busters kind of fit that role where if I'm somewhere and I, I end up staying longer than I intend where I'm like, all right, I, I just smoked a $12, $15 cigar and I want to hang out for a little longer and smoke another cigar, but I don't want to walk out of here with a $40, $50 bill the other night. You know, my second cigar will be like, you know, five, $6 stick. Cause I'm, you know, and this is a good enough one to fill that cheap second cigar role <laughs> or a, you know, Smoking a cigar by the grill, where you don't need a you you you're not gonna not something you can sit down and actually relax with because you're doing something. It this is a good cheap, you know, cutting the grass, doing a project cigar, where you don't have to like you know you don't want to sit and you know really relish the the uh, the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I... But is it like I said? I, six I bucks. This say, is a damn good cigar for six bucks. Yeah, I mean. You strip away the label, you tell me nothing about the cigar, I just smoke it generically, easily I'd say, oh yeah, that's that's a very decent, I mean, this smokes just as well as some of the more expensive, my father's, um, I, if I had to compare it to something, I would I almost compare a... it to some of the Kristoff's that we smoke, yeah. those Kristoff sometimes isn't a powerhouse. Yeah, good flavor. It's got some strength, but not a lot of strength. The only thing, it's not a super complex cigar. There's not a lot of transition as I'm smoking. It was like what you get from the the front light has kind of stayed consistent throughout. So there's not like a wide. It's not like a you know something that's gonna have like a wild wide ranging experience. But, but a lot it's of people a good, solid like cigar. to know that hey, what I've got, I'm gonna you know continue to enjoy. And I mean, I I, I say consistency. Is an added bonus in this case. And with that, we're going to go jump back in the time machine and head on to the next segment.
see this. Your father would be so proud of you. for some science i like how i did the intro a lot faster <laughs> <laughs> like fuck shit gotta get stuff started <laughs> we're not talking about time travel not yet it and doesn't look like already... we're even talking about killer robots and that's a problem yeah i didn't see any robots this week but then again we do have uh apparently the uh rocket man is real <laughs> a few weeks ago are you sure it's not jet jaguar Jaguar, wow. That's one I hadn't heard in a while. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago, apparently, uh, a plane flying into Los Angeles uh, called into the tower, uh, Los Angeles International Airport, and said, hey, we see a uh, guy in a jetpack off the left side of the airplane at about 3,000 feet. And you're like, well, this may be some dude just kind of, yeah, tripping. They're doing a little coke and whatnot up in the up in the cockpit but the report was confirmed by three other pilots that all called in similar reports at about the same time so the first one to report it was american flight 1997 uh and then you know a jet blue uh plane also confirmed that like yeah we're seeing a freaking dude in a jet pack up here with us and then another uh, another you know plane also like yeah we're you know keep seeing a dude in a jetpack up here. I mean, so far, you know, they've not been able to locate who or what this was. Might have been a, not going to say it's aliens, might have been an alien. But the uh, FBI and TSA are currently investigating, trying to <laughs> figure out who the fuck was up there flying around. Probably damn Elon, you know, testing some new uh, crazy shit that we've not uh, we've not heard about yet. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's probably aliens. <laughs> Fucking Iron Man. <laughs> Which, you know, jetpacks are not a new thing, but if you remember the old, like, stuff from, like, say, like, the James Bond movies, they had, like, a, maybe a 10 to 20 second flight time, you know, the the jetpacks from the 60s, but, you know, apparently, and that was, like, I think the Bell rocket belt, but apparently the, um, you know, they're super expensive, but jetpack technology has come a long way where, there are well, and it's also too like the thing for me. It's not like jetpacks. Like used to be, oh, it's rocket boots. Yeah, but no, like I mean, there's one out of Dubai that look. It's like a winged backpack with actual some kind of jet engines, and we have uh, Richard Browning, the the Iron Man that has the the suit that has like a, basically a glove with like five little jet engines on it that is able to fly, but yeah, some of these, uh, especially the guy over in Dubai, is actually there's films of them flying at the same height as jet aircrafts and can you know fly you know thirty forty five minutes at heights of you know eighteen hundred to six thousand feet in some of these, but you know they are really expensive. So you know as the FBI tries to check down who was taking a, a joy flight in commercial airspace. Uh, the you know uh, options are limited on suspects because unless you're some really rich dude or some high tech uh, company, there's not a lot of these things uh, sitting out there unless someone's yeah, you know, but putting together something. I mean, in their once garage. you get so many you know feet above ground, 
isn't that like if I'm in my backyard and I manage to produce something that you know propels me three thousand feet? Like, I assume there's some kind of license. I don't know how, if they equate uh, jetpacks to uh, having to have a pilot's license, but I'm assuming there's. I mean, if I gotta have a a license to fly a drone over a certain feet, I'm assuming there's got to be some kind of FAA regulations on uh, on jetpacks. Well, then again, like, do you get something with, like, the ATF involved because, oh, well, this thing has okay. enough propensity pro- to propel me 3,000 feet, but if I point it in this direction, I've got a badass flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if... You know, it's like the equivalent of uh, you can't just buy jet fuel at uh, at your local Seven Eleven. So it's like I'm assuming these things aren't running off of a uh, 98 octane high test. Uh, but I mean, I listened to that interview with uh, David Blaine on Joe Rogan. His newest trick was he wanted to do the whole kid holding on to a balloon floating up into the atmosphere thing in real life, and he said even to levitate himself on like a big thing of balloons that he can hold, he had to get basically a hot air balloon license to do that trick. So I was like, yeah, I'm assuming a jetpack has to be licensed in some sort of way. If you're going to do it, unless you're just going to go rogue and be like, I'm the, I'm the fucking rocketeer. Catch me if you can. <laughs> I mean, I guess, well, I mean, what goes up must come down, but I mean, wouldn't that be some shit? Like you go up and it's like, um, uh, attention, uh, Jetpack pilot, uh, you got two F-18s on your tail. Um, <laughs> kind of like that scene from the first uh, Iron Man where the <laughs> the two jets try to take him down. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> got a bogey in my rear view. But then again, like, how does that, how does that work for the targeting systems, you know? Because a plane, yeah, it's a little bit more nimble, but it's a much bigger target than... An individual. Yeah, can you even lock on to something that small? Huh. Hmm. Like, no wonder we're getting laser technology. Be like, (laughs) ah, we can't lock on. Just zap it. Yeah. Somebody tase him. Don't tase me, bro. (laughs) But also, speaking of future tech, uh, a new shape-shifting material has just been kind of displayed. Uh, Uh... Released in the journal uh, of Nature Materials, a biocompatible 3D printed uh, material that can basically have its final shape uh, programmed and and made to reset to its original configuration has uh, has been developed. Uh, Basically, it's... uh, and they make it out of a recycled wool that was kind of basically, uh, you know, waste from, uh, you know, manufacturing of, of, uh, clothing and materials. And this, uh, basically they put like, they said the secret of it is, uh, keratin, which is the stuff that's kind of in your hair and stuff that when uh, they can kind of program the material to take any form that they desire, and then as it moves and stuff, they can actually basically reset it back to original configurations. With in this case, they printed it in a origami star formation, you know, put it in water till it became like loose and malleable, rolled it up into a tube and squished it up. And it stayed that way until they applied water again. And once it got wet again, it reset to the 
original origami star configuration. It reminds me of the shit we used to do in elementary school. It's like, pick a letter, pick a color, like, and just, you know. Like, that was everybody's foray into um, origami. <laughs> Making the, like, the freaking uh, the cranes. But they said, you know, this is kind of like, you know, uh, a proof of concept thing, but they can definitely use this to fabricate, you know, more complex shapes and structures down to the micron level. Uh, I mean, hell, imagine, you know, you hate folding laundry. What if your, like, shirt could fold itself? Like, you know, they freaking developed the self uh, shirt where, like, the default position is folded. And you just take it out of the out of the damn laundry and, like, you know, spray it with something and it just folds itself. Or or truly, like, wrinkle-free fabrics where it's like, you know, you know if it you get a wrinkle, it just, you know, you, you kind of... You know, dampen it a little and it goes back to like perfectly ironed uh, <laughs> condition. I mean, do you buy anything that isn't wrinkle free? I mean, I don't buy anything that like, you know, requires, I don't wear anything that requires ironing. <laughs> uh, now that I'm in the civilian world, I think it's like, sh- like I barely wear pants anymore. It's like, especially work from home. It's like t-shirts and shorts, like all day, every day. I have like a suit and a couple nice shirts if I have to like get dressed up, but yeah, it's like most of like, dude, I don't, I don't wear anything that needs ironing anymore. But if I had something that like would like fold itself or iron itself, that would be awesome. Or get me a freaking martial arts belt that ties itself. <laughs> I was like, I ain't gonna tie shit no more. I just throw my belt and it ties itself. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty sweet. Also, uh, speaking of, I would ge- need that for a necktie. <laughs> Yeah, I said I went to uh, Pigeon Forge last week, and we did the uh, the old timey photos, and they were uh, we did like the the gangster twenties era version, and they're as they're heading us their costume, the like costume lady like pulls out a tie and asks like one of the guys working there if they could, cause I guess they normally just leave them tied so people can just slide them on. And they're like, can you tie this? And I'm like, lady, I'm a grown ass man. I know how to tie my own tie. Just give me the damn tie. <laughs> I don't need you to pre tie that for me. Like, I, I can handle that. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man. I went to college and shit. I know how to tie a tie. <laughs> I'm kind of insulted you assumed I needed help. <laughs> You're not one of them more sophisticated types now, are you? <laughs> uh, and in other future tech news, we've got a uh, a new device that basically... It's a wireless device that produces clean fuel using artificial... Photosynthesis, kind of like plants. Basically, it uses like the same thing plants do, which is sunlight, a little uh, carbon dioxide, and water to turn into a liquid fuel. Study published in Nature Energy um, outlines this uh, this concept. So basically, the sunlight, uh, and this also operates with no electricity. So they say it can be scaled up to use large amounts of sustainable fuel that could be used to, uh, in produced in massive solar farms that could be used for like, you know, rocket technology and whatnot. It, you know, the sunlight converts CO2 and water into oxygen and formic acid, which is, can be stored as a liquid and converted into basically a simple hydrogen fuel. So are we trying to say plants are dirty now? Yeah. 
Or no, plants supposed to be clean. Now we're making artificial plants. Is the is the uh I mean, we've been doing genetically that. modified shit for I don't know how long now, right? Well, this is like, you know, a machine that basically operates like a plant. It's not uh not a uh, technically a uh, <laughs> a engineered uh, plant, but a machine that, you know, yeah, you know, I said plants make their own fuel or food using photosynthesis. And now with this, we can kind of use the same techniques to build a sustainable fuel so that, you know, cleaner hydrogen type fuel or whatnot. And speaking of, you know, Rocket Man, you know, they keep telling us flying cars are coming. We've got drones now, but we haven't made it to uh, flying cars. But it could be getting closer because now people are starting to pass laws in regards to flying cars. Uh, the state of uh, New Hampshire has just passed a law allowing flying cars to legally take to the road, setting a new precedent for the next wave of futuristic transport. House Bill 1182 states that non-traditional motor vehicles have the freedom to use existing roads to drive around, preparing themselves for the possibility of flying cars. You know, so far any of the, I guess the test car, you know, people that are kind of building flying cars have not been able to get them street legal. And they've also, you know, have to deal with like, you know, FAA regulations and they're, they're, they're more... Hold on a second. We're talking about flying cars. Don't they need to be sky legal? <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, so far they've all been kind of licensed as aircraft. So they're not allowed to drive them on highways and shit so this new but law that's passed is then again them... it's a flying fucking car <laughs> <laughs> why do you need to be on a highway yeah yeah you fly from point a to point b emitting the traffic on the highway like the only time you should be driving is if you need to maneuver into a, a parking spot <laughs> or a covered area i mean with this law if you if you have one you still have to be regulated by the faa and have a basically a, a safety check and, and some kind of pilot's license for your, your air portion. But when you're not flying, you can still just drive this down the street to Walmart if, if you know, if that's more convenient than actually flying there. So the, you know, bullshit. This... If I got a flying car, <laughs> fucking we're, flying everywhere. We're, we're fucking flying to Walmart. Okay. Like, <laughs> and, and, and fuck navigating the parking spot. We're landing that bitch on the roof. So they better have a hatch. Well, maybe if it takes off like a traditional airplane instead of like some kind of like hover or helicopter, you'll have to drive somewhere where you have a straight enough shot to achieve liftoff. So now you can drive it to your launching area. No, it just legally. needs to be like a helicopter. <laughs> and with that, that's all I got for you this week. So we'll be right back. Hey, weird podcast people. Join us every week on the Flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation about comics, music, Saturday morning cartoons, old movies and TV shows, and chickens. It'll be our little secret. Find us at Flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. All right, in this rendition of news, we actually have some. Uh, this will be our post 
virtual Dragon Con wrap-up? Wow, that sounds weird to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like normally this time of year we'd be posting our whatever we recorded at Dragon Con uh, episode and whatever interviews we got, but yeah, it's kind of a weird year, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, as I don't think it really came as any surprise when the con was canceled but uh you know in light of the darkness um you know dragon con didn't leave folks hanging so they put together a uh, virtual show and um I, I gotta say you know for folks that maybe can't make it to the convention maybe this opens up a pathway to where i know you after the show you can buy like streaming memberships and that sort of thing but Maybe this would give folks an outlet, you know, who may be out of the country or whatever, um, you know, an opportunity to experience a little bit of what Dragon Con is. I will say that virtually, um, you know, I, I go to interact with folks. I go for the parties and just the environment and... Yeah, the hanging out and socializing probably takes, nowadays, takes more priority than the, the going to the the pa different panels and so i mean the concerts at night that's always a bit but yeah it's like i usually get maybe one one two panels in a day and the rest of the time it's like we're just hanging out and you know visiting with people and you know it's so it's and you know, i didn't watch any of the virtual dragon con thing because i was like i already took this week off for vacation i'm not wasting it i'm actually going to go somewhere so i went to like pigeon forge for the weekend so i didn't get to see I was you know, kind of vicariously seeing people talk about stuff on Facebook throughout the weekend, but I was like, I'm on vacation. I, I, I have a hard time. I mean, I sit in front of a computer all day for work, so I have a hard time sitting in front of a computer all weekend for, you know, you know, for, for fun. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I will say that, you know, it was kind of cool. You know, it, it was a way for me to introduce folks to Dragon Con that previously had no idea really what Dragon Con was about. And it's like, hey, you know, this is back 2012 when Jason Momoa was there and, and stuff like that. So it, kind of cool as a gateway. Yeah, because it was kind of a combination of previous panels. And then there was a few, like, kind of Zoom meeting style discussion panels uh, on very, kind of like the, the smaller Dragon Con panels that you go to that aren't, celebrity led uh and from what i've seen of the numbers i mean it was kind of a worldwide event it was they were getting views from like all over the all over the world so it's like i mean hell there's a lot of people that maybe not have been to a dragon con this was kind of like their first experience of 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 seeing that virtually so hell the numbers may be huge whenever we go back to having like well real dragon i mean con. You know, as of right now, it looked like more than um, 600,000 times the um, convention website was accessed. Um, over 650 hours of live and pre-recorded programming. Um, and, and kind of the cool thing was the medias that were included. I mean, you had, you know... Vimo, you had Roku, um, Evently, YouTube, Facebook Live, the DragonCon website. Like, 
I'm sure there was so much stuff that happened that I would be, you know, like, damn, I'm sorry I missed that because I was like, what platform do I tune into for this thing? Because, you know, so many of the fan tracks and that sort of thing were doing yeah, their own events, you know, through Facebook. Yeah, they had the the main kind of programming stuff on the DC TV app. And then there was like, you know, Facebook Live for like smaller panels, YouTube yeah, I saw a bunch of this, yeah, you know, the stuff on the whatever DC TV YouTube page. So it was like there was so many places to. It was almost like being at regular Dragon exactly. Con. Exactly. I was about to make fifteen, that... six, you know, hell, seventy panels going on at once, and you just having to kind of choose what you want to. Even tune virtually, into. you had to prioritize because there was just too much to see. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, looks like you know fans from over forty nine different nations, from Canada to New Zealand, uh, Argentina, and Japan. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, if 2021 we get back to a normalcy and start having conventions and stuff again. Um, well, they've always, or I think, starting was it last year, or maybe the year before last, they did where you could buy the DC TV stuff that's streaming in the hotels and watch it on your computer, you know, even when you got home. So that may become a bigger part of Dragon Con going forward. Now that I see there's so much curious to be like, oh, crap, everybody's having withdrawal. Um, If we could see, you know, I mean, it seems like every year Dragon Con just gets bigger and bigger, you know. Could this be the year that... Oh shit! We went from eighty-five thousand to well over a hundred thousand. <laughs> a lot like, of people that were like kind of on the fence about going, and now they've like, since they've experienced virtual con, they're like, "I'm gonna do this in person. This looks fun." So yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I will say it was the first time that I've ever actually saw the parade because <laughs> most of the time it's like. I'm fucking hungover. I'm not, you know. Yeah, either we're hungover or they've scheduled an interview during that time frame. So it's like I've I've not been to the parade in, in a while. <laughs> so uh did watch a little bit of the um costume contest on Friday. Um so, you know, uh you know, I, I just couldn't make a weekend of no con you know knowing that there was something virtually without at least checking out a little bit here and there i mean i did go do the uh the old-timey photos so that was kind of like cosplay yeah <laughs> there you go that was my my con experience for the weekend <laughs> so um but yeah moving right along um guess what what we might actually have an end to the walking dead that's still on <laughs> yeah I don't know how many seasons I'm behind, but apparently uh, season 11 is supposed to be the end of The Walking Dead as we know it. However, they have announced that they were looking to do some kind of spinoffs and other stuff. So, yeah. Hey, this thing was wildly successful, so we can't just let it die. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Do you know what season you stopped watching? Whenever they killed Glenn. I think I watched a couple episodes after that, and then I just got kind of tired of it. Because <laughs> that was when, like, you know, Negan was kicking everybody's ass, and Rick was kind of being a little bitch, and it's like, ah, I'm just getting tired of this. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, it's it's still all on Netflix as far as I know, but I've, yeah, I've yet to sit down and, and catch up on what I've missed. Yeah. Who knows, it may have gotten good after that, but yeah, I just kind of got burned out after, <laughs> after they killed off... Uh, yeah, Glenn and uh, Abraham. Yeah, well, 
If you want to jump back into it for this final season, um, I, I, apparently it's going to be a long send-off. Uh, basically, it's going to be a 24-episode season with first 12 episodes airing in 2021 and the final 12 in 2022. <laughs> Which I think... You know, they would kind of go on like a six-month hiatus anyway, right? Yeah, usually they broke, it, they broke the season up into uh, into two, two, two runs. Yeah, so um, I guess Fear of the Walking Dead is still a thing, and then I guess a The Walking Dead World Beyond, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they got some, like, some new video games and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's... It's... It, continues to be a thing but uh, i've just kind of i got burned out <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i read the graphic novels and once we got far enough into the story where there were no more novels i just kind of lost interest at that point uh i i think it's no surprise a film that we talked about when we first saw the trailer candy man um i think say so, did you watch uh, virtual uh fatal fury <laughs> I did see it on the schedule, and th the Facebook comments were almost as great as, you know, when you're actually at the con, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, sorry, man. If you haven't watched it, you gotta watch it. <laughs> Everybody should experience Fatal Future once. <laughs> Um, and you can actually find it on Amazon Prime, of all places. <laughs> like, I was like, holy shit. Uh, so you don't even need to worry about buying a Dragon Con, you know, subscription service. Although you should probably do that, too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Candyman will now arrive in 2021. Alright, you said it twice. Don't say it again or he'll appear behind you and kill us. Hey, Candyman. Fuck! <laughs> Hey, dude, we got guns. We got to try them out. <laughs> what if we just said that and we just cut the podcast right then? <laughs> it was like, fuck, we said Candyman, they're dead. <laughs> I mean, there would need to be, like, some loud crashes and, you know. <laughs> Buzzing. Yeah. Bees were a thing in that movie, right? <laughs> I got stung by a bee while we were podcasting once. <laughs> See? Fucking with Candyman. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, originally it was set to uh, debut October 16th, um... No specific date on 2021 on when we're getting it. Did that uh, the other horror movie you wanted to watch, did that thing ever come out? The freaking... Uh, the the one about the Wendigos? Oh, Wendigo. No, it was... It was... It was uh, uh, Antlers or something like that. Oh, yeah, that one. Antlers. Uh. <laughs> um... Apparently it did come out, April 17th. Oh, damn, we missed it. <laughs> we missed it. Uh, looks like HBO Max has it. Uh, has Antlers a Disney movie? <laughs> God. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to check Netflix... Amazon Prime, Hulu, all the other places. <laughs> I forgot about that. That looks, you know, disturbing. Yeah, that was one of those. It was like we we're we we're gonna talk about it when it came out, and then it was kind of like right around the shutdown. Is like it I didn't know if it ever came out or not. Well, speaking of shutdown, how about 
Remember a franchise called Fast and the Furious? Remember that? I remember that. <laughs> well, you remember you talking about flying cars not too long ago? Yeah. <laughs> you talking about jetpacks? Mm-hmm. Well, the Fast and the Furious is going to space. Oh, my God. They have jumped the shark so hard. <laughs> this is like Machete in space. Yeah. Jason in space. It's like every franchise is... Hell, James Bond went to space a couple times. It's like... Every time a, a franchise starts getting too deep, we, we can't think of storylines on Earth anymore. Let's go to space. Yeah, apparently Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez was on a uh, radio interview and said, um, you know, Ludacris's uh, previous hint that F9 will feature scenes that take place in outer space. <laughs> Can you drift a car in zero grav? <laughs> Uh, she's like, nobody's supposed to know that. Oh, well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lucky enough to hit space. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Wow. <laughs> space, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the continuing voyages of Dom. Dom in space. I kind of want another uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie. <laughs> we watched that the other yeah, day. Yeah, that was, was actually like, surprisingly was pretty, pretty good. good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I enjoy you know. If you just want an action film, great, you know. But yeah, like just at some point they they, they have gone the route of uh, Sharknado. It just <laughs> needs to stop. They're a crossover. Like, I would like to see more Transformers. Like I really like the Triple X franchise. Yeah. You know, um, I would like to see more of uh, what's going on in the world of Anarchy 99 and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, not to be confused with other X titles. Uh, speaking of uh, titles, Sony Pictures won't be releasing any major movies in theaters until the pandemic is over. Well, goodbye, Sony. <laughs> but then again, you know, we, we haven't got another... Uh... Just be another Spider-Man movie coming out at some point. Well, I mean, what? I, it, what? Do you, here we are, almost October. Hmm. December's vastly approaching. So I mean, you've already really lost on the summer box office. Uh, and theaters. I mean, our local theater just opened up a couple weeks ago. Do we have another Star Wars movie coming out before Christmas? Supposedly, Wonder Woman's coming out at Christmas, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, hell, we know there's a ton of stuff, like, in the pipe that was supposed to release this summer that never got released, but other than that, no one's been making anything, so it's like, you know, even with theaters reopening, they're kind of struggling, like, even our local theater, it, like, there was three or four new movies, but then they started playing a lot of old movies, too, because there's just nothing, not that much stuff to fill the theaters. Well, I mean, in, in Sony's... I mean, Sony being Sony is, you know, it's all about the money, right? But they're like, hey, if we've got a film that takes $200 to make, what's the point in putting it in a theater that is operating at significantly reduced capacity? Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the box office on Tenet, which has been, like, a huge movie, and it kind of kind of bombed just because, you know, hell, I didn't even realize the theater had reopened. So it's like... uh you know, it's the, there's a lot of people still that are like scared to go out or like you said, that the theater's operating at 
social distancing capacities that are not and not as many people allowed in a theater. So it's like from a business standpoint, yeah, I understand. Like, let's hold on to it until we can get the most money that we can. I mean, there's a few films that we've seen so far that with this video on demand premium has made more money than they would have if a regular opening weekend, but it's a gamble on whether or not that's, that's going to yeah, happen for you. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and in closing notes, um, Diana Rigg, uh, folks may know her from films such as Avengers bond and game of Thrones actress. Uh, she passed away at the age of 82. Yeah, played the original Emma Peel in the old school '60s Avengers. I and not I, to be I've confused seen, with the Marvel Avengers. And I've seen her, you know, Game of Thrones. You know that character cosplayed time and time <laughs> yeah. again. Like, yeah, I had no idea until they and that was the same same lady until they, you know, she passed and all the things. Like, oh, she was on all these things. I was like, yeah. She, she was a boss bitch in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, when so. she died, she's like, oh, yeah, let him know I'm the one that killed your fucking kid. Peace out. <laughs> I was like, gangsta. <laughs> Goes out like a G. Yeah. And with that, uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. Go leave us a review wherever you find podcasts. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. Get your energy drink at strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. And don't forget to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.